Welcome to episode three of the Pouring My Art Out podcast. This episode, Art in Words. Let me quickly take care of some podcast business first. I've decided not to take any more live phone calls from sponsors, but instead I will just read the advertisement copy they send me. I will insert them into the episodes and at the end or the beginning or both if I get enough sponsors. Again, I apologize for my greedy acceptance of advertisements, but hey, a guy has to eat. You will be able to tell I am doing an ad because I will underlay a quiet music track below my voice. This will also help me get rid of those songs I slap together in GarageBand on my phone until I can record some original music. Oh, and this is going to be my first official blog tie-in. If you go to my blog at pouringmyartout.com, all one word, uh, there will be a post on there called The Podcast Number One. And it's just going to be a photo of how I am recording this podcast with the microphone and my laptop and stuff. So you can go and uh, see a picture of the equipment I'm using to record this podcast. And maybe I'll take a picture of myself while I'm recording the podcast sometime. Maybe some video. Who knows? Anyway, on a more serious note, I've been contacted by the SPCIA. That's the uh, Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Imaginary Animals. They are not happy about the crack squirrels living inside my head. Turns out that you can imagine any kind of animal or mythical beast, but not if you imagine them being confined in a small, damp, airless space with inadequate lighting and no fresh water. Also, they probably shouldn't be addicted to any kind of drugs. They have to be free-range imaginary animals, like unicorns or Curious George. I tried to tell them that I didn't force the squirrels to live in my head. They chose it themselves. They are basically squatters that... Hey, 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 Arthur. It's Jimmy, the squatter. Oh, sorry, Jimmy. No offense meant. Uh, Don't worry about it, man. I'm gonna go squat right now so I can take a dump on your olfactory nerve cluster. Wait, wait. Is that where my sense of smell is centered? Oh, aye, laddie buck. Good luck getting rid of that stench. Wait, who is that? That's Scotty. He's visiting his niece. Visiting? Visiting from where exactly? He just called me Scotty and I have a Scottish accent. Put two and two together, you great stumbling git. But how did you... Oh, I see the way of it. You hear an accent, so I must be some kind of drug smuggler, is that it? You Americans, I've got heroin in me haggis and crack under me kilt. Well, I've got one crack under me kilt buckle, and you can feel free to kiss it. I didn't mean... Come on, Scotty, you can play your bagpipes in his ear canal tonight. Bye, people. Hey, 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 Scotty. You, you... Did bring us some crack, didn't you? Oh, aye, Jimmy. I've got it in the sporin, and the bagpipe is stuffed full of it. If I blew those pipes inside here, Arthur wouldn't sleep for a week. They don't call them the Scottish Highlands for nothing, laddie. Well, that's unfortunate. Okay, where was I? Are you ready to try something new? Well, try Dr. Peeper, Carrot Extract Energy Drink. It's good for your night vision, and you'll be awake to enjoy it. 
Please remember, if it's 3 o'clock in the morning, you should really be able to see where you're going. Words. Language is the greatest invention of all time. Before words, relating even a simple idea was next to impossible. Your cave friend points at a tree. What does that mean? Does he want you to look at the tree? Is there a saber-toothed tiger behind the tree? Are you supposed to look at that one tree or the whole forest? Words allow us to pass on information and ideas. If your friend had been able to use language, he could have just said, I fell out of that tree when I was a kid. Or, sometimes that tree has good fruit on it. Or, that is a particularly nice specimen of a cedar tree. I like cedar trees. Words are weird. You can't talk about words without using words. Word is a word. Word, 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 word is a word. Sorry. Right now, I am using words that I wrote down a few days ago to tell you some stuff that I thought up about words while using words to talk to myself as I wandered around at work so I could record the words later and you could listen to them at some other time. My theory is that we didn't get smarter and then think up words. Language propelled our development. Primates might be able to hoot and howl or grunt a warning about danger, but that is pretty limited. Look out is so unspecific and maybe useless a lot of the time. You need to give details like, Look out, there is an anaconda coiled above you getting ready to drop on your head. Or, Look out, Bob has been eating prunes, so don't sit on the branch below him. When you are inventing language is when you realize how many things there are in the world to come up with names for. And all of those names need descriptive qualifiers connected to them. The tall tree beside the black rock. Hand me that pointy stick, Og. Our brains were growing along with our larynxes. Okay. Hey, all you lonely guys out there. For the most realistic latex love dolls on the market in the under $150 price range, try SinSim. Make you wonder why you ever wasted time with a real human being. So try SinSim for the love of your life. So why am I using all these words about words? Because words and art are inextricably linked. Language can describe something like, I saw a pretty rainbow. Maybe a cave person saw a really spectacular rainbow once and remembered the guy who made pictures on the cave walls. Hey, maybe that guy could make a picture of the rainbow so you could look at it whenever you wanted to. A way to save and share a rainbow. How cool is that? And a picture of a rainbow is worth, oh, I don't know, a thousand made-up words about a rainbow? Words and art. Words as art. The lyrics of the great rock and roll songs. Love poems that stir the heart. Was there ever a better friendship than that between Sam Gamgee and Frodo Baggins? The Iliad and the Odyssey translated into so many languages and still read all these generations later. Shakespeare's appeal is undying, even though the language that we use has evolved so that his is nearly unrecognizable to some of us. Language is a living thing. But selling books is freaking hard. I am using the same words you use. I am just trying to use them in a specific order that tells a story. It seems weird and slightly desperate to charge 6 or 10 or $15 for a bunch of words you wrote, but if you broke it down per hour of work, that is still way less than minimum wage. Being self-published, am I really an author? 
That seems a little like saying I am a movie star because I was in home movies my dad made when I was a kid. Wait, is he mocking me or did we just do an ad for an actual crack dealer? All I know is that I live with the characters I create. I talk to them. I have discussions and conversations. They exist. They are real. I carry them with me everywhere I go. What colossal egos writers have, they must have, to do what they do. Here, they say, I put a bunch of words together and you should give me money for these words and then spend hours of your life reading them. When you are finished, tell me how great I am. And really, isn't that what I'm doing with this podcast? I am putting words together and expecting you to pay attention to them. If artists stopped and thought about what they were doing, would they, could they still do it? But hey, at least the podcast is free, right? One last word on words. This is my description of how easy it is to write a novel. First, you take 500 pieces of string, each one mile long. Those are the plot lines. You tie them all together at one end in a nice neat knot. Then, standing beside a very tangled patch of forest, you give each loose end of each of those 500 strings to 500 crack squirrels and send them scrambling into the forest. Now, to finish the novel, all you have to do is drop the knotted end and then follow each of those 500 strings into the woods through the brush and into the tops of trees or underground or wherever the crack squirrels drag them. And at the end of each one, you find each loose end then take it to the other side of the forest. When you have managed to get all 500 loose ends together on the far side of the forest, tie them all in a nice neat knot. There, you have finished your novel. You know, except for the submitting it to dozens of publishers in a variety of formats and getting rejected dozens of times, self-publishing it and then trying to get anybody in the world to read it. If you suffer from severe gas issues and uncontrollable farting, you need to wear thunderpants. This bum-hugging underwear has a pouch in the rear that snuggles up against your rear. Inside the pouch, you place the patented pad made of thick, sound-baffling layers of our special blend of cotton, hemp fiber, and bamboo filaments. Nestled between the layers are layers of odor-absorbing charcoal powder. Even if somebody smelt it, there's no way to prove who dealt it. Thunderpants. Available by mail only. Okay, see you next time. I'm going to leave you with the songs I put together for the ads. Not all of them, just a couple. I do apologize. Here are the crack song and the Thunderpants theme.
crack Get yourself some crack